0: I saw some guy, one of my pastor friends. I mean, I actually, don't know him. I just know him from Facebook messages. But he's a guy who often puts really funny memes on his Facebook site. Um, and and he he put this little meme of of like at the top. His name is Garrett Kell, and uh, he 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 put a little meme that says how I felt this week. And it was it was this really very heavy set man in just what looked like his swimming trunks. Um, like asleep on a donkey, as a donkey went by the camera, you know, and he—it was this picture of just being completely wiped out and needing to be carried by a large land animal, uh, and that's you know that—that's kind of how I felt. Maybe a lot of you guys felt this week, and um, and and but I'm so grateful to God because I, I feel like He really met me in in that, uh, especially you know, as as you guys have been praying for me, and I I, I appreciate so much. I sent out an SOS prayer request again this week for prayer, and uh, as I prepared and and felt confirmed uh, in what I I felt like the Lord was saying to me, Um, and um, basically, you know, we've been in this series devoted on Acts 2.4.2. We've been messing around with different aspects of coronavirus, and then Easter, and then the resurrection, exaltation, that we talked about. Last week we, we talked about the, the issue of racial discord in our country, um, and um, Pentecost. But but I I believe the Lord uh, would have us come back here to this devoted series Acts two four two, where it, it describes what happened to the church after the Holy Spirit fell and He created the first church and He galvanized and energized this intimacy and this. Generosity and this love all around the truth of Jesus Christ uh, that they poured into each other and that the community around them saw. And so I I think what I I sense in prayer and uh, through your prayers that what the Lord wants from the Holy Spirit is, is He wants us to try in the havoc and chaos that's all around us, He wants us to try to capture a sense clearly. And compellingly of what it means to be a church together explicitly and in this season particular I believe it would be healthy for us to remind ourselves of that often and and you know I, I wanted to do this in a way that was going to be faithful to the scriptures and not my own or your own or even traditional ideas of what it means to be a church many of which are great and biblical, and some of which are not necessarily biblical. Um, So what I've done is I have constructed a prayer for this series that I'd like us to keep praying in our family life together. And I'm going to present a draft to you of this prayer today. I want you to listen to this prayer and this week I'm going to send it to you and you're going to have an opportunity to give me feedback on it so that next week I can bring um, any changes to it that, that by God's grace and your gifts and your wisdom, he convicts me need to be made. Um, and and uh, I've constructed this prayer to follow Acts 4 2 the passage that we've looked at, and then from that to touch on other aspects of church life together that are in scripture um, and and listen this is kind of connected to something that's common in 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 many churches that i'm aware of um, called a, a covenant a member's covenant and it's like they'll say we commit to uh pray for each other we commit to give we commit to support you know uh evangelism we commit to love one another and share blah blah blah, blah. and and that's that's where this idea sprung from As I've been reading books on church churches and as Mike and I've been reading books on revitalization over the last year and a half, uh, this church covenant idea of being able to say to each other, this is our mission to each other and to the world for God's glory. Um, and and as I, as I worked through this, I, I, what was really cool was I felt unsettled about the idea of, of making a church covenant where we're going to tell each other what we're going to do, and we're going to tell the Lord what we're going to do. And and the reason why I, I felt unsettled about that was because I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to tempt God by telling him what I'm going to do uh, without really, really being ready to own that. And so I I, I don't want to add to the list of things in, in our mental baggage. God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, number one. So I, I just was uncomfortable with with us often repeating, uh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And it's not because I don't want us to do it. It's rather the nature of wanting to be very careful in what I tell God, what I ask you to tell God we're going to do. Um, secondly, I, I don't like the idea of covenant. Uh, I, there's a marriage covenant, and there's a covenant between God and people. And I I just, the, the language of covenant is very holy, very sacred. I want to take it very seriously And so as much as I respect churches that say this is our membership covenant together, I just, you know, at this point, maybe I'm way off. I'm a little bit like not excited about here's another covenant. You know, there's the old covenant, there's the new covenant, and now here's our church covenant. You know, it's like, why don't we just like stick with the covenants as they are? Uh, They're big enough and imposing enough to just study those. So, um, and 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 then there's so so i began to sense this this idea of like why don't we turn this into a prayer that we pray regularly like and that's when i really felt like boom you know god was at least for, for me in my walk through this as, as a pastor that's where i felt like i was starting to hit a sweet spot like let's turn this into a prayer and and and, and, and the reason why i think that that so resonated with me is because in Acts two in a couple of reasons. One reason is because in Acts two four two, you see this church come to being, not because we had great ideas or because they had great ideas about what it meant to be a church. It's because the Holy Spirit exploded upon this community, and they couldn't help but be the church because of the conviction that the God gave them about who Jesus Christ was for them, their Savior their Lord, the forgiver of all their sins, and because the Holy Spirit infused them with new hearts and new power. What I'm trying to say is the church is birthed out of God's actions, not our announced commitments to each other. The church is birthed out of God's spiritual power, not firstly out of what I tell you I'm going to do for you or what you tell me you're going to do for me. As good as those things can be, And so a prayer really acknowledges not just what happened in Acts 2, where the Holy Spirit creates the church out of the gospel conviction of who Jesus is and out of the new man that he creates in in these people's hearts, but a prayer also acknowledges that we are dependent first on God to live as a church. A prayer acknowledges that we are dependent first upon God to live as a church. And then this is maybe the best reason to, to formulate this membership commitment idea in the form of a prayer. It's probably the best idea and the most obvious. God answers prayers. <laughs> God answers prayers. I mean, it's one thing for me to say, honey, I'm going to do this. But man, if I'm my wife, I, I think she'd probably much rather hear me sincerely saying, God, help me do this. than she would have me say, honey, I'm going to do this. Jen, are you here? Can you see me? Can you verify that? Um, anyway, she's on there somewhere, but like, I, I just, <laughs> I, you know, as I, as I contemplated and wrote this prayer, I thought to myself at various times, Lord, is this corny? I mean, we're just saying these words and am I just trying to talk our church into this? And this conviction kept coming to me, which is that God answers prayers. God answers prayers in Jesus Christ. He's broken down the wall between us and him. And one of the great gifts and benefits of that broken down wall is there's nothing separating you and I from going into God's throne. We are there. We are welcome anytime. So why don't we pray to become the church that God wants us to be? At, ancillarily, as a byproduct, we'll also be reminded biblically of what God calls us to be as a church. But to ask him, God, grow this church, grow this church this way, help us be this. And then, by God's grace, if the Lord is willing, over months and months and years and years, to see him grow that church and and to say, we've been sowing into prayer, and the Spirit's been growing a harvest among us. Independence, we've been sowing into prayer, and look what God's been doing among us. You know, as he's been doing. You know, for for a long time, since our heartbreaks and explosions of, you know, a year and a half plus, two years ago, we've been seeing God kind of care for this tender little shoot. And and by his grace, you know, up to this day, keep us alive from a great deal of storm. And so, but but I do, I'm excited because I feel like God is, this is a process of God rebuilding, clarifying, revitalizing, and to, to bring it to you guys in a prayer, uh, it just feels like it's, it's in keeping with even the spirit of where God's brought us, humbling us, and in many ways, devastating us, um, and breaking us down in so many ways. And, and, and so now we come to him not with, here's what we're going to do, or here's our awesome pedigree of theological uh, clarity and what we promise we're going to do for the city. And no, no, here's a prayer of dependence and a plea for God to work where we can't work for God to repair what in ourselves only by his power can be repaired through dependence on him. So that's kind of where this came from. Um, and man, I'll tell you one, one other thing, anecdotally, like I have just been pulverized. I feel like this week by everything that's gone on. I think, you know, there was a uh, it, it was good to be brought into this uh, Frederick City pastor's conversation. I was on a call with Pastor Gerald at Strong Tower and many other pastors about how should we respond as the church. Um, but it also set me into a you know a lot of just what was already there, all the news cycle, but into this struggle with how should I respond? I mean, I, I don't think this is a sim- simple thing to answer. Uh, For for me, at least it isn't. Um, And I think there's a lot of dangers uh, on either side of this. And, uh, you know, we talked about last week, the danger of not listening. There's also the danger to be rebellious and disobedient to authorities. Uh, There's the danger to be insensitive to to people's pain. And so uh, there's the danger to buy into uh, ideas that just aren't founded in truth. So I feel like that was very discouraging and difficult for me. And in in some ways, I think I, I spent too much time this week thinking about that and not thinking enough about my family and my church. And it, it, it was so cool in one sense to have the Lord say, this is such an important time for you, Albert, and for everybody around you in your care to remember what's of first importance. What's of first importance? And I really believe that this prayer, God willing, reminds us of what's, what's of first importance. What's of first importance? Um, you know, Paul wrote to the churches. Peter wrote to the churches. John wrote to the churches. Jesus spoke to the churches in all kinds of travail, all kinds of crises, all kinds of social disorder, all kinds of upheaval. But when you read the Bible and you read the words, you don't get a sense that they're confused about what they're supposed to be doing. In good times and in bad times, they're supposed to be putting their hope in God, loving one another, not abstractly, but the love in one another that's around them, first and foremost, their families, their churches. And and that no matter whether it's wars or famines or pestilences, it keeps coming back to that holding on to the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, holding on to the forgiveness of God, and out of a sense of his love and his acceptance, loving one another, calling the world to the gospel, calling the world to repent, being unashamed. So anyway, that's really the the, the big intro here. And now what I want to do is I want to walk you through this prayer. It's a long prayer. If, If we were to pray it on a Sunday, which I'm hoping we will in its current form, it would probably take us about a song's worth. So it would take the time it would take us to sing, maybe four, four minutes or so. Um, and it, it might, you know, as you guys give me feedback this week, I might retool it and find ways to e- either make it shorter. I don't think I really want to make it much longer. Um, I, I'm not the most concise person, as you guys are probably familiar with, but... Um, but at the same time, I, I have worked carefully on it, and I don't think there's filler in it. I think it's all killer, no filler <laughs> because of the Bible, not because of my great brain. Um, but if you guys sense ways that we can economize it, I, I want to be open to that. Um, so, w- w- so again, the, the point is, my hope is that this prayer will be a prayer that we can pray with regularity uh, at, at least a month each month we pray this prayer and it will remind us of of what it means to be a church and what we're called to be as a church. But more importantly, it's begging God as his children to make this a reality in our hearts and in our lives. And then for the gospel in our city. Um, and, and one other caveat, it's possible that I'm thinking that what I'd probably like to do is, is once this is finalized, I'd like to spend a month maybe praying it at, at each meeting we have. So we would pray for it over a month. And then after that, we would pray for it monthly. That's, that's my current thinking. I'm, I'm open to different ideas, but that's my sense of vision right now, is that once this prayer is in its final form, we'll pray it for a month. It'll be part of our, our devoted series as we continue walking through that series. And then we will pray it monthly um, as a reminder again and again and again for, you know, as long as needed to continue to, uh, cry out to God for his formation in us. So what I'm going to do is I, I, am going to put the prayer piece by piece in the chat. There are sections. Okay. And, uh, they follow acts two, four, two, and then they, they go out to some other biblical principles for the church. So here we go, guys, I'm going to take you by this step prayer, step by step. And then, um, and then we will, we will conclude for the day. Here we go. Um, I'm going to put the first section in, okay? So here we go. And by the way, I can't put the whole prayer in at once because that's just not, chat won't allow me to put that many characters in one section at a time. So we'll see how far it lets, go, lets us go. Um, okay, so here's the first part. This prayer is called a church family prayer. Because we're a family and we're a church. So it's very simple. Uh, And here we go. The first part says, Father, through the death and resurrection of your son, you have forgiven our sins and given us new life in the Holy Spirit. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are now your children. And together, the bride of Christ, our husband redeemer. Once more, through the new birth, we've been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the one body of our Lord Jesus, the church. So the one body we are is also called the church. And then there's some references there. I'm going I'm to specify more references this week for it. So what I'm trying to say here is that, uh, number one, it's it's the Lord who has saved us through Jesus. He's given us forgiveness through the gospel of his death and resurrection. Uh, and we're now his children. He's adopted us. And being his children, we're also specifically His bride, uh, not just his daughter, but the bride of his son, Jesus, who is our husband redeemer. Uh, Once more through the new birth that's being born again, we've been baptized by the Holy Spirit who Colossians and Corinthians tells us, Corinthians 12 tells us, has placed us inside one body, one body called the church, the one body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So, so in this preamble, I'm just trying to set the table for this is what we are folks. We're Christ's bride. We are one. We're God's children. We're a forgiven people. Okay? That's the preamble. And that's our sort of uh, identity as we come before the Lord. In a sense, that's our access ticket to say, God, you're our father. We're coming to you for grace. Jesus, you're our husband. We're coming to you for grace. Um, Holy Spirit, you make all this possible. We're one uh, in Jesus Christ. Each of us belongs to one another. So, uh, And then then I, I start moving into the prayer section, which is to say now, as one local expression of your universal church, we pray to you in the name of Jesus. Um, and I'm just going to fill that out here. We pray to you in the name of Jesus. Sorry, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, chat just, just doesn't let me. Oh, Okay. Okay, so you guys should all see it right there, okay? I I didn't hit the clicker, so please take a look at that just briefly and read through it. Please be patient. I know it might feel like you guys are taking a PowerPoint class, but I think this is the best way to do this today. Now let's move on, okay? So each of the sections, and there are about five sections, each of the sections says, help us, okay? So we're praying in the name of Jesus, the one who gives us authority to know we are heard by God. And, 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 and I trust in the Lord that, that uh, this isn't a perfect prayer, but that the, the, the thrust of each of these sections is pleasing to God's heart because they're things that he's commanded to us. So we can count on him to care about this prayer and to be working to answer this prayer, I believe. So the first section is, help us to be devoted to your holy word. Help us to be devoted to the gospel you gave us through your apostles and the scriptures you gave us through the prophets before them. Help us in unity, hold firmly to the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. Continually open our eyes as a church family to your truth, and fill our hearts with your glory so that we might be transformed by the word through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2.4.2, when the church is first spoken about, it says the first thing it says about the church is that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. And I this is not an accident that this is first. I don't believe. This is the primary foundation of the church is the message of the gospel, the word of God, the church through the Holy spirit is created by the word of God, by the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has done. Um, for, for a community, for a a church to be a church they need something to give them unity, right? You think about that word community, it's two words in English. It sounds like common and unity. We need something common among all of us to come around. Um, right now, our world is torn up. People are longing for common unity. And what, what in their best moment right now, the world is rallying around something that's, that's, that appears very good, which is to rally around the second commandment, to love our neighbor as ourself. And the world is longing in their hearts for unity and a commonality around something. But something is dangerously missing in that longing. And racial reconciliation is good. All kinds of reconciliation is good. God says, blessed are the peacemakers. But when any kind of reconciliation is explicitly missing the first commandment, which is to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, There are going to be all kinds of problems that demonic forcing can get in and hijack and sabotage. Problems of bitterness, self-righteousness, over-oppression, back to another. And so uh, even as we try in various ways to, to be honest about, Lord, is there racism? Help us repent. We need to recognize that there's never going to be real reconciliation in this world unless we focus first and foremost on the first commandment, which is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus tells us this is the first commandment, to love God. God has given us his word to do this. His word is his revelation of who he is to us. We can't love someone we don't know. You can't love someone you don't know. And you can't know someone unless they reveal themselves to you. And so the word of God is what has revealed God to us. And for those whom God has chosen, he has allowed the Holy Spirit. He has, through the Holy Spirit, opened their eyes. He's given us spiritual sight to see that this word is true. The Son of God was given over to death to save us. And he's coming again to judge the living and the dead. And so this is what we come around. This is what gives birth to the church as the Holy Spirit works inside us. This conviction about Jesus and so that's why we want to be devoted to his word. That's why we preach from the Bible. That's why this prayer is built on the Bible. And we cannot take that for granted, folks. We cannot take it for granted. And believe me, believe me, for 2,000 years, churches have been, have been living or dying, living or dying based on whether they hold on to the word of God churches have been living and dying based on whether they hold on to the word of God, hear it. Yes. And obey it. Yes, but they've got to hear it and believe it to obey it, to be transformed by it. So that's the first part of our prayer. We're not going to survive as a church. We're not going to glorify God as a church unless we see him in his word, unless we love his word, unless we are grown by his word. And so the first prayer is help us to be devoted to your word. Just as it's said about the first church, they devoted themselves to the Word of God, to the apostles' teaching, that is, to the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what the apostles were telling them about. So that's why our prayer says that first part is devoted to your Word. Second part of our prayer, pulling it up right now, Da-ba-da-da. coming back to y'all, okay, Okay, Help us to be devoted to one another in fellowship. Help us faithfully encourage, comfort, listen, counsel, teach, admonish, and forgive one another in all gentleness and patience. Help us bear each other's burdens, reminding each other of the gospel of grace with fervent love, and tender affection. Help us not forsake meeting together, but instead faithfully spur one another on in love and good deeds as long as it is today. This list comes from a combination and amalgamation of verses in Colossians and Galatians and Hebrews. And you'll, you'll see these repeated themes Another, other, I think Peter's fervent love is a command there. And you'll see these, these phrases again, repeated in different letters. Um, but this is also dovetailing with the second part of Acts 2.4.2, 2, which is they devoted themselves first, the apostles teaching and secondly, to the fellowship, to the fellowship. Um, and, 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 and so essentially, you know, it's obvious if we don't do this, if we're not living this out, then the first thing, the word of God is only head knowledge and it's not finding expression in in our lives we're not actually growing because to see head knowledge turn into expression means we're living out these one another's this is a brief summation of you guys have probably heard before the one another's again and again and again we see that the one another's are uh our call as a church and and and, and again i just i want to make this point again it it was so helpful for me this week in the storm of all that was going on around me in this world, in this news cycle, where we all have access to all this trouble, you know, whether it's coronavirus or whether it's uh, Europe and immigration issues or new governments or whether now it's, it's uh, what happened to Poor George Floyd. What happened to others? Ahmad Arbery. What happened to many others? And and then what's happened to officers who've been shot? And now protests. And what Trump did. And what you know? It's just, folks. (laughs) God doesn't call us first to all that stuff. I mean, unless we're in Congress, God does call us clearly to one another. He calls us to one another. And so it was. It was a convicting and and releasing and freeing reminder this week when I remember, like, I, I, I'm called to Josh Trout, you know, I'm called to Nancy, like, I'm, I'm called to my church. I I, I got to take care of Ryan before I, you know, try to start the, the racial reconciliation meeting. You know, I I, I can't, like, I, not only can I not solve this, not only will I go crazy, but I will be being disobedient to God if I run after these meta issues and, and let the church just exist in my mind as some abstraction. Like God does not call you to the church an abstraction. It's not just an idea he calls you to. He calls you to specific lives, to give yourselves to specific lives. And, and I believe that his major way of changing things like racism is when specific people listen and love and care for specific people. And we can't do that if we're living online in abstraction. I mean, of course you can care for people in messages, but if you're just having truth battles with folks and 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 you're not thinking specifically of them in those one-to-one conversations or these one-to-one points of acts of redemption or fixing air conditioner units or you know, so so this is really why the Lord calls us to to because he's sane, and he doesn't want us to be insane, and he knows that we can't fool ourselves uh, that we're loving people if they aren't specific, real people that we can see and touch and talk to. So, he calls us to a local church to belong to a specific group of people, and that's what we're calling you to do today through these, these one another's. And, and, of course, the byproduct of that is that God communicates through that community to people outside the community that He is real because they see the love in the community and it's not what they're used to in the world. They're not used to a community proclaiming forgiveness to each other. They're not used to a community faithfully staying through each other through conflicts. They're not used to a community that's uh, finding their justification in the Lord Jesus, in God's forgiveness as opposed to their prowess or their morality or their awesome, you know, ethical stance on various political issues. They're not used to tender, kind acceptance one to another. And, and when they see that in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, connecting them not only to a community, but to the one who made them, when the Spirit's at work, it's a compelling, provoking witness that Jesus himself says is how people will know that he was sent by God. Our witness being a church to one another is evangelism. Our being a church loving one another is evangelism. And in John 13 to 17, it is the main explicit way that we see, at at least at the very top of the list, of how the world sees that God really sent Jesus. It's how we love one another. And He does it over time, He does it in little ways, over little relationships, month to month, year to year. But that's how He works. So that's our second part. Help us to be devoted to one another. Second part, help us to be fervent. Help us to, oh, I found a typo before I sent it to you guys. Here we go. Help us to be fervent. Help us to be devoted to fervent prayer. Okay, I'm so sorry that I'm taking so long to do this. Um, awkward. Awkward. Here we go. Here it comes, folks. Look at your chat. Okay. And this again follows Acts 2.4.2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to prayer. So, help us to be devoted to one another. In to, for, Help us to be devoted to fervent prayer. Daily asking for your glory and your kingdom, for our needs and deliverance from evil. Help us to pray for one another in our trials for spiritual growth and perseverance that by the Spirit's power, Christ might dwell in our hearts through faith, filling us with the knowledge of his immeasurable love and the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus until the day dawns, until the day when our faith is made sight. Listen, brothers and sisters, I know these words, I know what it's like to be you sitting there listening to a sermon or reading a bunch of flowery sounding, bible sounding things. But please believe me, I, I have tried to choose these words from scripture and I've tried to choose them carefully. They are from God's word and they mean something. So let me take you through that for a second. I start with help us to be devoted to fervent prayer. That's our command. Let your prayers be fervent. Paul says, pray without ceasing. He, I don't want to be judgmental and legalistic. This is what God wants to grow in us. He wants to grow fervent praying. And then I put daily asking for your glory and your kingdom for our needs and deliverance from evil. You might have recognized that's a sum up of the Lord's prayer. Give us this day, right? He expects us to each day be pleading and crying out to him in prayer, that's why the Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our daily bread and not give us this week or this month or this year. I signed the contract. It's a year lease, God. you got to come through. No, he says, every day come for your manna. Help us to be devoted to fervent prayer daily, asking for your glory, your kingdom, our needs, and deliverance from evil. That's, that's a short sum up of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, next part, help us pray for one another in our trials for spiritual growth and perseverance that by the Spirit's power, Christ, and I'll just stop there, help us pray for one another in our trials for spiritual growth and perseverance. Brothers and sisters, there's all kinds of needs that God is glorified in when we pray for them. I So don't hear what I'm not saying. Yvonne's back surgery, um, you know, uh, Donna's COVID-19, um, y- you know, uh, the, the Hogs China situation being worked out, um, Just there's all kinds of logistical, real personal needs that are important to pray for. But nothing, nothing, nothing is more important than spraying, praying, praying, than praying for each other's spiritual health. Okay, this world is wasting away the material things, the physical things we can see will come and go. What lasts into eternity, what goes before God into judgment is our invisible, immaterial soul. And so of all the things we need, we need prayer for growth in Christ and prayer for perseverance, perseverance to make it to the end. And that's what this prayer tries to reflect. And then it says here um, that Christ in the middle, that by the Spirit's power, Christ might ever dwell in our hearts through faith, filling us with the knowledge of his immeasurable love. Okay, that's a short Summation of Ephesians three—that prayer we often pray in Ephesians three fourteen—that God the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would fill us with Christ; that He would live in our hearts through faith, and that 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 living in our hearts through faith, the Jesus who lives in our hearts through faith would be the Jesus who says, "I love you, I love you as high as can be high, as low as can be low, as wide you know, as to the heights and the depths and the width and the breadth of the knowledge of God." which surpasses understanding. It's an infinite love. And as we come to grips with how much we are loved and filled with how much we are loved in the, through the presence of Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the fruit of that is a life of love. The fruit of that is a life of goodness. And so that's why I'm saying by his immeasurable love and the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus and again, coming back to perseverance until the day when our faith has made sight, that we make it across the finish line. It's a big part of what it means to be a church, folks, is to help us make it across the line. We don't want to see people in, in you know, if, if they go to another church that loves Jesus in three months and God's called them, that's, that's a different thing. We can praise God for that. What we don't want to see is people falling away from God before the finish line. That's a vital thing primary role of the church is that we don't see God falling before the finish line. So that's what this prayer is about, asking God to help us be part of that process to make sure that does not happen. Next session, help us share. You know what? Um, Let me just stop here for a second. And um, I'm going to ask Mike, a a frank question. Uh, Last week, we went very, very long. Um, And I was, you know, I heard a little bit of feedback um, that maybe I went a bit too long. So I'm going to just ask my brother elder here, Mike, if if maybe we should pause here, if this would be a good place to pause. I'm sorry, Mike, to put you in the spot. But I want to be sensitive to the Lord because I'm all ready to keep going and i and i just want to be careful here with 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 people should we go a little bit farther or do you think this would be a good place to stop and come back to next week <laughs> thanks albert yeah sorry think, to put on the it's, spot, mike it's your decision brother if you want to keep going go all right speak now or forever hold your peace <laughs> Yep. okay i said go have a spirit's hot okay lord please help please help um All right, Um, okay, I'm gonna try to not uh, do disservice to this but try to not hold back on this either. Okay, here we go. Um, Next section. Okay. Okay, Nancy, that's funny. I still have coffee, let's go. Okay, next section. Help us to share with one another as we trust you to provide for us. This is, again, is from Acts 2.4.2. 2. When you read Acts 2.4.2, 2, they are sharing their goods. They're sharing their lives. They're sharing everything with each other. And so this is our prayer to God. Help us to share one another as we trust you to provide for us. Help us to be cheerful and generous givers with our time, talents, and treasure as we are able Storing up eternal wealth. As you lead us by your spirit, help us use our material and immaterial wealth to care for the needs of our local church. Support her ministry and relieve her poor. Help us also contribute to the care of the universal church and to to, to the relief of the poor in our world as we have wise and loving opportunity. Okay, and I've got some verses for this. It's just cut me off because it's a longer section. Um, I, I won't belabor this, but God wants a church of people who are giving to each other, and yes, that does mean giving from our our monies. Uh, that's that's real. That's in the Bible. God commands the church to take care of its poor. If if there are, there are sometimes you know checkpoints on that, like. Can they get help from their family? Can they not? But God wants to make sure that when we see a brother or sister in need and they have nowhere to go, they can go to us, the church, and we can take care of their needs physically. Not just saying, bless you, go home hungry and thirsty, but saying, no, I'm going to help you out. And you guys, I see that. I see people in this church buying each other cars. I've seen people in this church helping each other with mortgages, uh, with groceries. Uh, obviously helping in other ways too like helping air conditioning units get set up and uh, other things happen. Uh, so I love what I see and hear of you guys doing that um, and there's also the aspect of and this is always awkward and hard to talk about, but you guys provide for my livelihood so that I can care for you as a pastor full time so um, that's that's actually in the Bible that churches are supposed to. Uh, support the ministry of the church, the pastors of the church who preach the word of God. Um, and and so again it's it's awkward for me to talk about, but that's a part of what it means to be part of the church is that those who uh, preach the gospel are to make their living by the gospel. That's what Paul tells the church he often and he often did tent making work, but when he was full time he was supported by either other churches so he could so he could be free for the church he was at or or when he was part-time, he was tent-making uh, and also receiving probably care from the church in different ways. Or, or maybe he was financing himself, but there were times in Paul's ministry where he was full-time. Um, and, and of course, he's commending full-time pastors when he, he, he's not saying um, it has to be this way. But listen, this is awkward for me to talk about, and I'm getting into some places. But um, so let me just move on. Um, it's 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 important for us to care for the ministries of the church and it's also important for us to care for the poor around us. So if as we have opportunity, and that's why I put at the back, as we have wise and loving opportunity, there are times where giving may not be what God has for us with our money because there's an advantage being taken of or it's just gonna enable laziness or stuff like that. So it, it doesn't mean that we're giving handouts. Um and there's verses that I, I can put in there about that. Uh, but there is a real strong aspect that, that the church is a church that gives to one another in the church and gives outside the church that wealth is not our God, but God is our God. And notice I said that as we have, as we're able, one of the things that Paul says so beautifully is he says, I want those who have much not to have too much. And I want those who have little, not to have too little, um, and, and so he's not looking for you to give out of what you don't have. You know, so there's different proportions to what we can give. And that's why the Holy Spirit really has to lead us on this. Uh, I, I'm, the, there's no commandment that says you have to give this in this way. It's a spirit of generosity dependent on the Lord. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep moving on from that because um, the giving part speaks to another section at the end that we'll get to as well when it comes to not money, but our our treasures, times, and gifts. So we're almost at the end, folks. Uh, here we go with the next section, which is, um, let's see. Second to last section. Help us glorify you among the lost, walking in unity together and honorably before the world, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, living before the kingdom of darkness as children of the light, and ambassadors of reconciliation. Help us to endure suffering with patience and hope, as Jesus did, entrusting himself to you. Help us to be unashamed of our Lord and always ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. So again, this is coming back to uh, that John 17 picture of walking in unity and honorably before the world so that we give them a picture of Jesus that's accurate, as accurate as the Holy Spirit spirit empowers us to and by God's grace and perfectly we can project to them that they can see this is who Jesus is by our lives together and our lives among them when we're at work when we're in stores and restaurants when we're doing business for various reasons that we are showing them who Jesus is by our righteous behavior that we love them that we're ethical people and and that we're ethical people together and, and the second part, help us to endure suffering with patience and hope, as Jesus did. Folks, this is our world, our, our nation, uh, I think, is, is in need of a sense that the Lord is sovereign and that we can endure suffering because he cares for us. We, can, we don't have to take offense uh, at, at everything, every moment, Because the Lord has not taken offense with us, but forgiven us. And once more, because the Lord is sovereign over our lives and he will bring us home safely to himself. He will save us from this corruption in the world and bring us to himself and resurrect our mortal bodies into immortality. That's the hope we have. That's the only hope we have. We do not have hope for ultimate racial reconciliation here in our time. We don't have hope for world peace here in our time. We don't have hope for a perfect environment in our time. We are not promised those things. In fact, we are promised in this world that we will have trouble. But Jesus has overcome the world and he will keep us safe until the day when we go to him or he comes to us. And the world needs to see us putting our hope in that not just knee-jerking anger, not just knee-jerking, uh, will you please forgive me for things that I'm not sure I did yet because I need your approval, or not just knee-jerking, get out of my way, you don't have a right to, t-. you know, he needs us to knee-jerk listening and confidence in him. That's what he needs to knee-jerk most of all right now. And, and, and secondly, help us to be unashamed. This is not a season where uh, it's easy to say, you know what, You need Jesus Christ, protester. (laughs) You know, you need the Lord. You need his forgiveness. And I'm not saying that we necessarily do that right now in in dumb ways. But the truth is, nothing saves but Jesus Christ. You know, I understand the chant of no justice, no peace. It it, it has its place. You know, Martin Luther King said, uh, laws can't change a man's heart, but they can keep him from lynching me. You know, and so we want just laws, right? We want laws that are going to protect people from being uh, uh, harassed and oppressed. but those things are never going to save. Only Jesus Christ saves eternally. And we need to not be ashamed of that and and always ready, as Peter tells us, to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. So that's the next section um, to glorify the Lord among the lost. And that comes again from this Acts two section, where we're told that they had favor with all the people. They had favor with unbelievers because of what was happening among them in their own community as a church, and people could see that. This is the last block, folks. Um, and it says here, um, I'm just going to finish that. It cuts me off if I don't get the, the if I put too many characters in there in the chat section. So I'm just going to put that word in there. Okay. Help us to care for the faithful endurance of gospel ministry. So I'm really talking about that. We have a common obligation to care for the upkeep of our corporate life together as a church. Help us to care for the faithful endurance of gospel ministry in this church locally, as we worship you in song and in your word on the Lord's day. There are many references to the Lord's day in the Bible. We just didn't make up gathering on Sundays. It's what the Lord's people did from the beginning of the church. As we celebrate baptism in the Lord's Supper, as we prayerfully support one another in biblical church discipline if needed, and in the work of local evangelism to the lost. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there. What I've just done in summation is I've listed biblical pictures of what the church did from the beginning. They worshiped him in song. They worshiped him through the word of God. They worshiped and gathered on the Lord's day. They baptized. They had communion together. And they supported one another in biblical church discipline. Meaning, if someone's, just to use the famous example, if someone is committing adultery and they won't repent and they won't repent and they won't repent, the church is called to get in their face and say, repent or you can't be part of us anymore. And so we need to be able to do that together for the salvation of that person and for the return to Christ. Uh, and then it says, local evangelism. Paul prayed to the church, pray for me that I might boldly speak the word of Christ to people. And so we're asking to be boldly able to speak the word of Christ to the lost who need him. And then the last part of this is Lord help us to eagerly desire spiritual gifts that we might serve one another in love with the varied ministries. The Holy spirit gives each of us for the welfare of the whole body. God through the Holy spirit, has given each of us in Christ Jesus spiritual gifts. And he means for those gifts to be poured out on one another. And when there's opportunity on the world around us, but certainly on one another, that's why we ask for prophecy. That's why we ask for people to pray for one another. Uh, That's why we even ask for service teams to do different things. Why we're going to need help with cleaning uh, in a few weeks, Um, brothers and sisters. If we're going to survive as a church, we we have to keep seeking to ask the Lord, how might Lord you use me in this church to serve the whole body? And God gives us spiritual and he gives us natural gifts to do that. And so that's what it is. The, the prayer closes at the very end, um, just admitting to God that uh, we can do nothing. And I'll put this out here in a second. Um, but this is the final postlude of the prayer. Lord, apart from you, we can do nothing, but with you, we can do all things through your strength. Give us the grace and mercy we need to glorify you in all these ways. In the name of Christ, our Lord, and through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, we pray. Amen. So, folks, this is my best sense of trying to inculcate in one longish prayer of about, if we read it all together, it would take about four minutes of the call on our lives to be a church together, trying to sum it all together in one prayer. I'm going to send it out to you this week. I would ask you to prayerfully look at it, even where you can, to pray for it. And please send me any thoughts about it, okay? I'm not making any promises. I might hear from this person is too long. I might hear from this person is too short. And I might have to be the baby bear who says, it's just right, but I don't know what God's going to do. I need your input. So please give it to me. But I am super excited to say this together with you, uh, t- to, to call it to mind again and again and again, and to help it remind us why we're here, why we're here, and most of all, that we're dependent on God to make us be what we're supposed to be, that we can't do it without Him. Um, so, folks, that's it for today.